This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. We're going out to you this Thursday, the 14th of February, 2019. Hope it's a fine day for you. Hope this last week has been a fine one for you. VORW International is a weekly light entertainment program, which really just features a mixture of my miscellaneous talk and commentary on a very broad spectrum and variety of matters. Uh, It's really anything under the sun. We'll just talk about it. You might be listening to this program via a variety of means. You can hear this show online via YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Casts. You also may hear this broadcast on International HF on 7780 kHz at 7.780 MHz at 4 p.m. Eastern to Europe. For our listeners in North America, you may be tuned in on 5850 kHz, 5.850 MHz at 8 p.m. Eastern, again targeting North America. Uh, Before we get into anything, I just want to give a few words to the folks who really do keep this broadcast going. Funds have been down, but we still have enough to keep this going, and it is thanks to Database Pros. This broadcast is brought to you by Database Pros for HR databases, HOA databases, and more great database software. Check them out, db-pros.com. That's db-pros.com. This broadcast also is sponsored by Brandon M. Lohman of Lohman Law, PLLC. They provide professional, competent, dedicated, and courteous service. Lohman Law, PLLC has represented clients in matters of personal injury, tribal law, oil and gas law, and criminal defense. They are licensed in the state of North Dakota, the state of Minnesota, Fort Berthold District Court, Standing Rock Tribal Court, Federal District Court of North Dakota, and the Federal Court of Claims in Washington, D.C. Lohman Law PLLC is based in Grand Forks, North Dakota. If you need help with your legal claim, contact Lohman Law PLLC to set up a free consultation. Their contact information is as follows. You may find them at LohmanLawFirm.com. That's L-O-M-M-E-N. L-A-W-F-I-R-M dot com, LomanLawFirm dot com, Facebook dot com slash LomanLaw. You may reach them via telephone at area code 701-213-5986 or via email at LomanLaw at gmail dot com. So those are our two advertisers that really help keep this broadcast going. If you are interested, of course, in advertising on this program, We are now out there to a a massive online audience. I really worked very hard over this last week to get this show out online as a podcast. Uh, Consider contacting me at vorwinfo at gmail.com. Likewise, if you would just like to drop a line, say hello. Uh, Let me know how reception is. Uh, You just want to say hi. Let me know you're listening. The address for correspondence is vorwinfo at gmail.com. So with that said, I want to go straight into things. And uh, the other day, I had a lot on my mind, and uh, I was kind of outside. It was a rainy evening, and I just picked the microphone up and started talking. Hope you enjoy. 
This is VORW International. Well, hello, dear listeners, and welcome to this broadcast of VORW Radio International, the international podcast of it all. It is a uh, rainy evening right now. <laughs> more, more like a rainy late night. Checking the uh, clock on the wall here, it's, let's see, just a little bit after 3.15 a.m., I don't know if the uh, microphone that I'm using is sensitive enough to, you know, pick up the little pitter-patter of the raindrops or not. But despite the the rain and, you know, any... I I, I said I still want to record this outside. I like the fresh air. Uh, You know, I think some of you know how it is. It's it's good to be able to get some fresh air, pace around, even if it's rain or, or not, rain or shine. Sometimes just that cool night air can just be refreshing, perhaps. That may be the best way to describe it. So I hope this last week has been a good enough week for you, anyway. I know with Valentine's Day having since passed, I know that day can be, uh, well, it can be a very eventful day for some. Uneventful day for others. It can be a day of happiness or depression, intended or otherwise. It could also be a day that uh, you know I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day the other you know the other day. Oh, it's sometimes funny whenever a uh, major. It's not really a major holiday, but it certainly is acknowledged in society. I'll go ahead and call it a holiday for better lack of a word comes to pass, it always amazes me when I, I, I think of the, the grand picture of things. And I was thinking this exact same thing, especially on Thanksgiving, uh, to an extent on, on Christmas, to a lesser extent with Valentine's Day, but it's still always fascinating to think how there were so many tens of millions of people out there celebrating this day, some of which I'm sure perhaps had the best night of their lives. Others woke up thinking that they would have a wonderful day, and it turned out to be anything but. Just, uh, I don't know, to me it's fascinating, you know, just all the, the variety of things. I guess that's the best way to say it. Last year, I, I gave a special lecture on the subject of Valentine's Day. I don't want this show to be a, a broken record, so I'm not going to dwell on it as much as I did one year prior, but I do want to mention it, perhaps even just in passing, where Valentine's Day, to me, is another one of those holidays I'm not against it, right? I I have no feeling of hatred or anger. I I do not abhor Valentine's Day or or have have some sort of just detest toward it. No, not at all. I I support what Valentine's Day is supposed to stand for. Uh, you know, expressing now largely granted it is. Uh, 
in regards to relationships. You know, that's the general context of it all. Nothing wrong with having a day toward relationships and being able to express one's feelings toward another. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's encouraged to have a healthy relationship. No problems there. The one thing that always gets me, and it's never going to change, I understand that, I, I know that, but it still always gets me. I'll just, I'll just say it just like it is. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's a corporate holiday, and you have to keep that in mind. Because in reality, in a, a, a good relationship, my opinion anyway, not necessarily to the extent with uh, uh, whatever, all of the, the pomp that goes into it. Every day should really be to an extent a Valentine's Day. To have that communication of feelings hopefully shared mutually. Valentine's Day, in short, shouldn't be perceived simply as one single day you hear that now there's the rain coming down it shouldn't be the one day of the year where all of a sudden now you you love your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your wife or husband or whoever same thing like uh, Thanksgiving shouldn't be the only day of the year where you should be thankful for anyone or anything. Every day should be Thanksgiving. Every day you should have those feelings, again, doesn't need to be to an extreme extent, of thankfulness and gratitude to those important things in life. Same thing with Valentine's Day and that expression of feelings. I think that's something that should be every day. Valentine's Day, in short, is a day where, alright, they'll mark it down on the calendar, and they'll say, alright, well, now, if you want to properly celebrate Valentine's Day, then you need to go here, 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 and here, uh, spend at least $250, uh, give us the money, and, uh, you know, make us more money on the excuse that it's a holiday and this is what you're supposed to do. Right? I summed it up far more eloquently in last year's lecture, because this isn't really what I wanted to talk about, but this is just the way that it is. And if you went out, you did the whole nine yards for Valentine's Day, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's just, you know, it always... I think it's one of those holidays where a lot of people may not necessarily see the consumerism that's right there. And as a result, sometimes that consumerism, it gets the best of us. Because you feel like you have to do this and you have to do that. And let's say, you know, you, you may not be the wealthiest person in the world. Yeah, but you still feel like you're forced to have to spend all this and do that. And it leads to a lot of unnecessary, undue, and uncalled for stress. If you ask me. Sometimes some very beautiful, wonderful memories and days and actions can come through things that you don't even need to spend a cent on. That's not to say that you should be stingy, no, not at all. 
but it's just that if someone tells you that you have to go and spend all this money and do this because that's what you have to do, you know, take a second look at it and think for yourself before just going ahead because that's what everyone else is doing. My two cents, dear listeners. Well, anyway, what I really wanted to talk about is uh, the major changes to the program. It was a, oh my goodness, a busy, busy week. (laughs) I mean, busy is an understatement. This was probably the busiest week that I had in quite a long time. Like I was saying in the last show, there were some major changes that were being made to the broadcast. And I went ahead with them. I wasn't just going to tease them and say, I'm going to do this and, and then never do it. I went all ahead. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, before last week, this was just one big show, right? And it went out on SoundCloud, TuneIn, and uh, Shortwave. And it was a long uh, two-hour program, the first of which was usually talk, though not always. And then the rest was kind of filled with some uh, music, some shout-outs. You know, I was doing a little bit of DJing and, and tried to make it informative, too. Tried to share some information on the music, you know, to uh, provide a little insight in regards to, you know, who did the song, some of the background about it and all that. Made for an informative show. But anyway, I felt as though the show needed to be expanded. And there were different audiences that wanted different things out of it. And at first, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was sitting there, I was, you know, shrugging my shoulders. I was thinking, well... I mean, if I sit here doing nothing, that still is making a decision. Sometimes, maybe you'll hear that phrase, doing nothing is still making a choice. You're choosing to do nothing. And sometimes that can be for the the benefit. Sometimes there's situations where inaction is literally the best course of action. You know, if you do anything else, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. But sometimes there are situations where... You need to make a choice. And there's not always going to be that that guide, those little arrows pointing you in the right direction, telling you that this choice is the correct one to make. Sometimes there's nothing. And, you know, you're at a, a crossroads. Do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? Do I just stay here? No one's telling me anything. I don't I don't know what, what's going to work out for me, so what do I do? So last week, I just... I made the choice. I went ahead with it. And... I knew, I knew the outcomes. I knew it was either going to fail, it was going to succeed, or it was going to be a stalemate. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'll take two of those three choices. If it's a stalemate... I'm pretty much in the same position that I was in previously. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. If it succeeds, that's wonderful. And you know what? If it fails, it fails. 
and I, I understood that going in. So I took this show, I split it into two segments now, the first of which is talk only, and it's a full-blown podcast. Like I was saying in the last one, I was, I was working to get this done, it is completed, we got it, this is now a podcast. We have it, I think, on seven or eight digital platforms. We have it on SoundCloud. I have my own tune-in feed. I have it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and I, I think there's a few others that I'm forgetting, too. And, of course, Shortwave Radio. And all of those have their own corresponding apps. They get out there. And, I mean, I, I went ahead with it, full on. And I also made a YouTube channel, like I said. I went ahead, I made the account. I I got it up. I'm still making some little tweaks, you know, here and there, trying to smooth out the rough edges, make it look a little nicer, you know, prepare things. You know, or Organizational change is really the best way to say it. And then, of course, promoting it all. And so far, so good. Uh, it seems like a lot of people enjoy the fact that it is on iTunes. And I hope to uh, continue to maintain this online presence with this program. Because the one thing that I had to remember... And it's one of those things that maybe I don't want to acknowledge, I don't know. But I have to understand that the media landscape of 2019 has changed. That with shortwave radio, now you still are reaching an audience. But if that audience wants to hear something different than what you really put most of the time and effort into... Of course, that right there is a problem. One of the most important things in life... I mean, you gotta do you. You have to. You have to. That's, in my, in my humble opinion, you've gotta do what you want to do in life. You can't let other people bully you around and tell you this and that and, you know, try and tell you to... You know, how, how they want you to live your own life. In my opinion, you're only here once. May as well make good use of that. Do what you want to do. Don't let someone else take your free will away. But I found it funny. Because, you know, a huge amount of changes were made to this program over the last week. And one of them involved making a uh, cutback for one of the shortwave frequencies that I broadcast on. Now, I guess it sounds worse than it really is, you know? Especially for people in the shortwave community, you know, making a cutback. Any sort of cutback, you know, it's not a, that's not a good word, that's not something that you really want to hear. Discontinuing, you know, it leaves a little bit of an iffy feeling in us. But there's no other word to describe it. 
I had to discontinue one of my shortwave radio broadcasts to North America. And that's all that there was to it. It simply cost too much. Well, you know, what am I supposed to do about it? I went through this last week. I said, there's nothing, nothing you can do. You try asking for money, but if it doesn't come in, you can't do anything about it. You can say, no, I'm going to remain on the air, uh, even if I can't pay the bills, then very likely the station is just going to stop airing your program and they're just going to re, uh, resell the slot and uh, put it up to someone else who will be able to pay for it. But it was funny because after I made the announcement that I was going to cut this one transmission, mind you, every week I have, I think, 17 other shortwave broadcasts. So just one out of those 17 is going away, that's it. And it was targeting North America, but even if you're in North America, you can still listen in on so many frequencies. 9955, 9395, 7780, but you should have seen, it was kind of, it was to the point where it was laughable. Where after making the announcement, I got these, and this always happens. This, the, it, it's like, it's, it's like clockwork. This swarm of angry emails that comes in from people who you've never even heard of, who haven't contributed a single dime to help out the, uh, the airtime expenses. Yet they will come in and they will say, Oh, you know, you you can go to hell for giving up on us, this and that. Some will be more expletive-ridden than others. They'll say, you know, you, you know, shame on you, you're giving up on us. I had so many expectations and you failed us. And it's to this point where it's not shock. It's not disgust. It's not feeling bad. But you're bewildered. Because I, I think to myself, when I see these emails that come in after I announce this one cut for a broadcast that was literally uh, costing thousands of dollars a month, and I'll tell you this, from the audience of the one broadcast, thousands of dollars were not coming in to pay the bills. Right then and there, you know, it was, it was running a constant deficit. I, I hold nothing against the station itself. It's just a means of finances, and clearly nothing was coming in. But it was a state of, I would say, amused bewilderment. Because I kind of sat there, and after going through the next and the next, it made me wonder, because I was even, you know, back-searching... Uh, these email addresses to see, you know, if any of these people ever contacted me before, you know, were they regular listeners, you know, that I could maybe help out, give them some additional notice uh, for, for what frequency they can tune in on if this one impacts them. But I've never heard of these people before. And it kind of made me laugh. I think to myself, I, I wonder how many of these individuals have ever even listened to this program more than once and even have an understanding 
as to why this decision is being made. Sometimes I think that while there are people out there that do possess clarity and understanding, sometimes I think that the only way to truly understand it is to have to go out, either build a radio station yourself or make your own radio show, and then you could finally put yourself in another person's shoes and understand why people have to make cutbacks. Because while as a listener, you might be pissed off that this broadcast is going away, as the producer, when you have to come up with several thousand dollars and you are not getting that return, you know, the return on investment, maybe one-tenth of that is coming back. That's not enough to pay anything. And then you start making those choices. Well, what's it going to be? Do I start trying to take that money out of whatever savings that I have? And now I need to start wondering where money for medical bills, being able to pay for doctor visits, prescription drugs, pay for rent, pay for food, where that comes from? And take the money out of there so I can keep a radio show going? Or do I pull the plug and be able to continue on with at least some degree of quality in life? Right, that decision, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, well, duh, you know, the answer is right in front of you. Yet you have these people that are just, oh, they rail against you. I guarantee you, if you ever start up means uh, to, to broadcast on shortwave, I guarantee you, broadcast for a few weeks and then say you're going to discontinue it. And I guarantee you, if you thought listener correspondence was low, you're going to be hearing from these people you've never heard of before. You'll never hear from them again, mind you. And uh, you'll get the nastiest, you know, nastiest pieces of feedback you can imagine. It's crazy. You know, it's uh, just, it's crazy, isn't it? But anyway, that's just a regular thing that happens. And that's why I always advocate. If you like what you hear, and you want to hear more of it, you have to support the show. You have to donate to keep it going. There's no other way around it. If there was, I wouldn't be sitting here saying you gotta don't. You know, airtime is valuable. I'm gonna use every second of it that I can to talk about something more important than just paying the radio bills. It's just a funny, a funny phenomenon, I suppose, that I've noticed countless times uh, when I've had to make a cut to broadcasting here or cut to broadcasting there. Uh, but I do wish to conclude this short little snippet with a means of reassurance to any and all shortwave listeners. Uh, the show is not leaving shortwave. And if that's what was a reason for upset, it, it is not leaving this medium of shortwave at all. Yes, I am making this greater move to emphasize podcasting, because that is where uh, the audience is in 2019. But shortwave is going to continue to supplement this. I'm going to continue broadcasting for hours every Thursday to Eastern North America, Western North America, the Pacific. We still have our services out to Cuba, Mexico, to South America. Our transmitter in Germany 
still going out on 6070 to our European audience. Yes, the broadcast on 4840 kHz is gone, but everything else remains, continues as usual, and it's going to continue on as per usual indefinitely. Uh, I remain steadfast that for as long as I do this show, as long as there is a transmitter to broadcast it via, I am going to continue to have this broadcast transmitted on shortwave for the general listening audience each and every week. And that's just how it is. That's just my administrative choice, you can say. Just a funny little tidbit that just came to mind wanted to share with you. But so far, so good. I mean, things seem to be doing good. But I gotta tell you, it's probably last Friday, maybe. Sometimes I lose track of time. Maybe it was last Friday. Maybe it was Thursday. I really I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. But it was an insane day. You know, you have one of those days where there is this daunting to-do list in front of you. And it's there. And it's, you know, you're thinking to yourself, like, how am I ever going to get this done? Even if you try breaking it down, sometimes it doesn't even help at all. It just makes you realize how much there is to do, really. And that's how I felt last week on this one, this one night. I was working till I burned myself out. Where I felt like, okay... I have to separate the show, edit it into the two parts, get the RSS feed organized, formally fill out these forms and applications to get this new podcast sent to all the podcasting sites, which takes hours, make sure everything is done correctly, then make a YouTube channel, uh, re-edit about 15 old shows, um, convert the audio to video, title, description, tags, all that stuff 15 times over, make a, uh, a video introducing this new channel, um, promotional-wise, get everything sent out, and so on. And then on top of that, try to promote the existing broadcast that's going out that same day, because I, th- I think it was a Thursday. I was burnt out. <laughs> you know, we... There's so much to do, and it's like you don't even know where to begin, so you just you, you pick a spot, and you just start going at it, and going at it, and it seems like no matter what you're doing, the workload is not diminishing. So I crashed out. I mean, I was done. There was still a lot that needed to be completed, but I was, I mean, I was finished. I was through with it for that day. I was just so exhausted, so I went to sleep, and the next day, I decided to try to employ a different strategy toward things, because I still, after that tiring day, still had work to do, and I still had to make more submissions and start, you know, promoting the uh, new channel and, you know, just a, a lot of a lot of organizational, just making the framework for things, really, that needed to be done still. And at first, it seemed like it was going to be a day that was just as busy 
as the day beforehand. I decided to take a different approach to it, however. Sometimes this is able to be done, it's doable. Sometimes it's not, and I understand that. If it's not, it's not. Because some things are more time-sensitive than others. But I sat down before I began the, the work day, so to speak, and in a way, it wasn't really meditation. It was more of a silent reflection, where I closed my eyes and got the, yeah, the breathing to a very calm pace, it was deep breaths, and I told myself, even though it was something that I already knew damn well. In a different mindset, I told myself, one step at a time. That's all. One step at a time. It's not like this was any sort of epiphany. It's not like this was any sort of grand revelation or a discovery, right? This is something we already know. This is something that we, we probably tell ourselves anyway before we're about to tackle some sort of project. Sometimes though we can know things, but does it really sink in? Do we really fully interpret and follow it? Hmm, it depends. One step at a time, I told myself. And in this relaxed state, it, it was just able to, to sink in. The true meaning of that was able to sink in just a lot more powerfully than it ever had previously. I got up, and I began getting to work again. But this time, I guess I was more focused. Instead of running around like a chicken with its head cut off, all right, gotta do this, gotta do that, you know, gotta go to the next thing and the next thing after that, and uh, so much still to do, I said, okay, how about we uh, try to get the show submitted to Spotify? So that's what I focused on exclusively. Nothing else in regards to this grand overall goal mattered at that point. It was just getting it submitted to Spotify. I got that done. Okay. Now let's try to get it submitted to Google Play. I tackled that. And then I started working more on the YouTube channel for the show. Smoothing things out, getting the titles organized, the tags, all of the SEO information. I decided then to film a promotional video on the main YouTube channel to really advertise and publicize this new online presence for the program. And I was just able to isolate each of these individual tasks and dedicate 100% of my energy onto those tasks. And if you would believe it, 
and at the end of the day, I wasn't really tired. I wasn't anywhere near as exhausted as I was the day before, yet I still had accomplished just as much. If anything, I, I, I felt I felt actually pretty good. And I thought to myself, wow, we got all this done with, with still some time to spare at the end of the day. And I was able to relax in bed, get comfortable, play a little bit of pool online. Online uh, eight ball pool. But I was even able to have some free time. I didn't feel stressed. I didn't feel exhausted. And that worked. Now, like I said, this is something that we all know. This is something that I mean, it's, it's, to try to tell you, just take things one step at a time. That's almost to the point of being condescending, right? That's something that we've all heard before. We all know when it comes down to tackling a large workload, you isolate things and then go from one thing to the next. But what worked for me wasn't just that phrase. Because in the end, it's just words. It's words, might have a good meaning, but how impactful are they really? What is far more important than just saying to tackle things one step at a time is the mindset that you are in when you kind of repeat that message to yourself. Because in the day before, yes, I knew. I knew I had to do it one step at a time. What, what am I supposed to do? Somehow make copies of myself? You know, sprout a few extra arms? Do everything at, the, at once? You know, no. Of course you have to do one thing at a time. But I was stressed out. And I felt overwhelmed. And while I was getting that work done, it was definitely taking a toll on me mentally and physically because it felt like there was so much to do. But part of me genuinely believes that if you are in a more relaxed mindset, if you're just calm down, even you just get your breathing down a little bit, those deep breaths enter a little bit of a state of relaxation. It doesn't need to be like some Buddhist monk meditating, but just in a more relaxed state. And you repeat that goal to yourself. Sometimes, subconsciously perhaps the way you interpret it and act upon it may significantly differ when you tell yourself to conquer a project one step at a time when you're stressed versus when you're in a calm relaxed state all I can tell you is what worked for me over this last week I can't say that it'll work for you but it was just an experience that happened over the last week that I thought would be interesting to bring up and remark upon. I think that handling tasks, the more relaxed you are, may very well be the more swiftly they can be completed. Because I think in some cases, relaxation does equal a certain degree of focus. Whereas when you're 
stressed out, your mind is all over the place. You're thinking about this, you're thinking about that, you're, you're, you're thinking about just too many things that really don't require that thought at that exact moment. Whereas if you're relaxed, you could just somehow get your mind to be able to examine this one thing in front of you, dedicate your energy to it, clear it out, move on to the next. Just some interesting food for thought, what worked out for me during a very, very busy week, and how I was able to get that taken care of. If all else fails, and you're still having difficulty, then there's one last thing that you can do, one last card you can try to play. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it for a reason. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't be doing it. Now, whatever that may be, that may be for work, that may be for education, maybe for entertainment, so on and so forth. If nothing else, and you're sitting there, you're on the cusp of being burned out and giving up, think about why you are doing what it is that you're doing in the first place. What is behind it all? What is giving you that motivation? Why are you doing this? Alright, let's say that it's a, uh, some project for, for college or whatever. Big paper you have to write. And you hate it. You hate writing. It's terrible. You don't want to do it. You're not enjoying it. Matter of fact, you hate it. You don't want to do it. Ask yourself this, though. I am here for a reason. I am here to try to get an education for myself. More likely than not to get educated so I can get a job. That'll hopefully pay something. Maybe it's to open your mind. I know that this isn't fun. And I know that I don't enjoy doing this. But this is being done for me. For my future. So that hopefully I can complete these courses, get a degree, perhaps enter that career field that I've always wanted to enter, and do something that I enjoy doing in life. Yes, I'm going to have to jump over a few hurdles to get there. This is one of them. But if I give up now, what else is there? Maybe you have a big project at work. You work at a company you don't really care about. You don't really care about the future of the company. Let's face it. You might be doing it for the money. No harm in that. No harm in that ad admission. But just think, if I don't do this, I might get fired. I might not get paid. might not be able to support my loved ones, my family, myself. might not be able to get that next paycheck and be able to... I, you know, whatever it is that might give me some sort of happiness and pleasure in life. So think about what motivates you too, and that is unique to you. And even if it's something material like money or objects or all of that, don't feel bad about that. 
that's fine. That motivates so, so, so many people in this world. Don't worry, you're in very good company. Of course, now this is all with the assumption that we're doing this because we either have to or want to, and it's just difficult. Uh, yes, you could always look at different things and say, well, maybe just this isn't for me. This isn't what I want to do, you know. This isn't the job that I want to be in or the class that I want to be taking, and I understand that. And that is to be saved for a different day. But anyway, that's just what transpired over the last week, and that's just something that I've been thinking about, and I wanted to transfer to all of you. The one thing that I did change when it comes down to this podcast is, if you've noticed, I don't uh, shout out the email as much anymore. Uh, maybe I, only, I might only do it once or maybe twice per show, maybe one at the beginning, one at the end. Uh, but if you're listening in, if you have any comments, feedback, uh, anything you want to say, you want to just say hi, you know, thoughts on the show, you can send me an email, contact address, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Again, your questions, comments, feedback. If you are listening in on shortwave, it's this audio is being broadcast across the Atlantic on 7780 kHz and across North America into the Pacific on 5850 kHz. Reception feedback is always welcome. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Likewise, on one final note, I do want to mention... This broadcast is listener-funded. It goes out thanks to listener support, donations from people just like you. If you like what you heard, you want to hear more of it, please consider supporting this broadcast. Donations may be made via PayPal to vorwinfo at gmail.com or via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week that's patreon.com slash the report of the week if you'd like to advertise on this program we've got some good openings for you because like i said in addition to our whatever it is now 15 hours that go out on the shortwave to north south america europe and the middle east we're now on an ever-growing number of online platforms some of the biggest out there show again is out there on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. This is a really good way to get your product, your service, your company promoted, shared with growing audience online and a large existing audience on the radio. If you'd like to advertise, it's a good way to help keep this show going because again, it supports you gets the word out about your product, your service, your site, whatever it is that you do. Help support this broadcast, too. Mutually beneficial. If you'd like to advertise, the way to do that is vorwinfo at gmail.com. And this is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Well, obviously, we are stepping back inside once again. And uh, this is the final portion of today's broadcast. 
where we just take a few of your listener-submitted questions and topics and discuss them on the air, uh, be that in a succinct or detailed manner. It really just depends on the topic and what I have to say about it. We have four topics to uh, bring up in today's program. If you would like to suggest a topic for discussion or comment in future broadcasts, the way to do so is to suggest it via email at vorwinfo at gmail.com. That's vorwinfo at gmail.com. Like I always say, I cannot guarantee that I will be talking about your suggested topic in this broadcast or any future shows. However, if you do not suggest it, uh, there is a slim to absolutely no chance that this topic will ever be discussed. I say that you have nothing to lose, so go ahead and make a suggestion should you have one. Anyway, our first topic comes from James in Virginia, uh, listening on 7780 kHz shortwave. He writes, Earlier today, while I was listening to NPR, they were talking about a man that wrote a book about the importance of stepping away from technology and trying 30-day breaks from social media and the like. I know your professional career is based on people being tuned in, but do you have any thoughts on taking breaks, monthly, weekly, or even briefly, from being constantly connected to the internet? James, thank you for your topic suggestion. I think that the idea of taking a break from social media, perhaps the internet in in its entirety, uh, is a good idea. I think it's a, a fine one. I see nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I think it could probably have, obviously, both mental and likewise physical benefits from just taking a, a break from it. And, and, I mean, it very likely may allow there to be greater appreciation for the world around us, and not just what's behind the screen. The primary thing that comes about that, that, you know, it, it popped into my mind instantly, is like I said, I am a supporter of that initiative, that idea. I think it's fine to take a break, probably, like I said earlier, beneficial. But the thing that immediately popped into my head was I thought, well, you might be understanding of it. I might be understanding of it. But how many other people would be understanding if you said, all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to be on social media again for a month, so see ya. Maybe some people, maybe you'd be surprised the amount of people on social media that only care about themselves is outstanding. Uh, but you know, it might be tougher than it seems. Internet addiction really is a thing. I guarantee you, you know, you, you shut the internet down. And, you know, smartphones can't connect to the internet. No devices can. People are going to be clawing up the walls. 
and I don't think it's really possible to fully ever break that cycle, considering in today's country how necessary the internet is really for survival, unless you're able to go off the grid completely. And let's say you get a plot of land in, you know, the Pacific Northwest, or Alaska, and you're able to just do everything from scratch. That's one thing, but I mean, you need to be a serious survivalist to be able to do that and not die. So, I mean, while I think that taking those breaks is quite important, the length in regards to it as is the big, I think that's the big what if. Because I think it is perhaps possible to take those shorter breaks from the internet, you know, to metaphorically power down and just take a break from it all. I think it's definitely possible to even do it for two days, right? The weekend, you know? Take a break for the weekend. Alright, that's doable. But then after that, when work, school, or simply the desire for entertainment sticks its its head into things, you know, then what? So I like the concept, but it makes me wonder as to how it can actually be initiated. I think one day I might not be alive to see it. Perhaps none of us will be. Sometimes when it comes down to technology and the pace upon which it improves, now that improvement, you can say, it's, could be a double-edged sword, but that's not the, the intent, is either staggeringly fast or slow. I really don't know which one this is going to be. I mean, recently... Did you hear in the news about Mars One, how that uh, that shut down recently? I, I I always thought the idea was interesting, but I wasn't very optimistic toward it. We're back in uh, 2011, 2012. There was this idea that came about that said uh, we are going to have the first humans on Mars in 2023. And their idea behind it was to get this list of potential candidates and then somehow fund it by creating a reality TV show based around their training. And then I suppose their flight to and experience on Mars. I kind of laugh at the... You know, it's, it's just it's so forward thinking to the point of ridiculous LED TV program. Obviously it fell flat on its face and they filed for bankruptcy. But some people thought that that was going to be revolutionary. They thought that Mars One was going to be the future of space flight. Evidently it wasn't. Now do I personally believe in regards to Mars, just on a little bit of a tangent, and then I have a second tangent I want to go to. Do we have the abilities to send someone to Mars right now? I think we do. I think we do. I'll tell you why we don't. Very likely, though. Yes, we have someone to... We have, I believe, the ability to try, anyway, to send someone there. There's a great chance that the rocket may blow up before it ever reaches there. Maybe some sort of technical malfunction. The 
poor astronaut is s out of luck. But the biggest inhibiting factor, in my opinion anyway, is the fact that it's a one-way trip. So yeah, we could send someone there, step off, plant the American flag, do a little victory dance, say some one-liner that's going to be in the history books, walk around, you know, maybe get some soil samples and whatever, play some golf on the the Martian surface, and then he's going to die. He's never coming back, never returning. That's why we haven't done it yet, I, I believe anyway. But I think if we really wanted to send someone to Mars, we we could. Could do so right now. But it just wouldn't be that great victory story uh, all of us are hoping for. But I do think that the initial idea, anyway, of trying to get a reality television program to be the primary means of funding a space program, I find that idea a bit preposterous. Uh, you know, the medium of television is on the decline to begin with, so I just don't know where they thought the money was going to come from. I mean, would it really just be the equivalent of watching boot camp, or were they going to throw in all the other tropes that usually go with reality TV shows? You know, are they going to booze them up one night and just have them all fight it out? Or, you know, what are they going to do for drama? It's so many unanswered, unanswered and uh, not important questions, dare I say. On one last tangent, like I said, the progression of technology is amazing, and one thing that I think, like I was saying, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive to see this, but one day I think that we're not going to really have computers anymore. I don't think we're really going to have smartphones anymore, or tablets, or any of that. I think one day there will be that option, to have a very, very advanced, obviously, processor chip that will be surgically implanted into your head. And I think it will be connected to your sight, your senses of, of hearing, and it may even have that way to tap into your mind, your consciousness, and it's always going to be there. It's going to be like having a computer inside your head, and you'll be able to operate it by thinking. And it could perhaps record your thoughts. Uh, oh, man, you imagine the CIA, they'll be all over that, but it's going to happen one day, I, I think. I, I, I definitely see that happening. Uh, when? That's the only question. Maybe a hundred years from now. It might be forty years from now, I don't know, but... I think that's what it's on its way to. And at first, it's going to seem crazy, it's going to seem extreme, no one's going to want to do it. But then you'll see some celebrities going to come along, it'll make it cool, there's going to be a paid marketing campaign to promote it. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, everyone and everyone you see is going to have one. Thank you for your topic suggestion, nonetheless it led to some very interesting uh, main and side discussions. So our next topic... Uh, going to more of a shorter one is from Greg, listening in in Florida. He says, uh, do you have any current pets, and do you consider yourself an animal enthusiast? Thank you for your topic suggestion, Greg. 
I do not formally own any pets at this current time, uh, but I don't mind pets. I will say this in the uh, the ever so extensive debate as to uh, cats versus dogs. I'm a cat person. You know, I, I just, I prefer cats. Now, the one thing that people need to understand that when it comes down to dogs is, you know, I, I like dogs too. I just prefer cats because dogs uh, require a lot more attention, energy, and energetic stimuli uh, to be properly treated and cared for, in my opinion. And I'm not a high-energy person. I'm not always bouncing around and, you know, playfully yelling and doing this and that. So, obviously, uh, I just don't feel completely, you know, proper to, to care for a dog as, as best as, as can be. In the past, I've had uh, a few pet fish. Some uh, beta fish. You know, they, they were fine. No, uh, no issues there. But when I say with pets, one thing that people always need to remember is that, you know, the pet store, of course, pets are almost treated as a, a, a commodity. Oh, just go buy one, you know, just go buy a pet if you, if you want. And while you can go ahead and if you have the, the coin, just go in and now walk out with a living, breathing creature that you will be taking care of for as long as it lives, despite the fact that it again is treated almost like a product, I think that pets should be raised as though you are raising a child. Because I believe that they need that level of dedication, care, and love. Because they are living, breathing creatures that can think for themselves and feel their own feelings and you know, they need to be cared for. They need to be shown that love. Not just let them sit there and let them just exist. If you're going to have a pet, make sure you give your pet a happy life. And raise it to be a good pet. And, you know, show it that love and care and attention that it needs. That's my suggestion, anyway. You should raise it as though you are raising a, a child, you know my thoughts anyway and sometimes I think those lines are kind of blurred when you can just go buy a buy a pet uh, you know with such ease uh, you know I think it kind of gets blurred but it really never should be so uh, thank you again for your question and now we go on to the next one this one is a question from Paul in Denmark uh, he usually listens on SoundCloud but he also listens to our shortwave broadcasts to Europe Paul writes, What are your thoughts on life extension? The idea would be that medical research comes up with breakthroughs which enable people to live significantly longer lives. Instead of life expectancies of 80 to 100 years, we would be looking at several hundred years. Imagine if we were offered the possibility of a treatment at a significant cost should we do it? That's a really interesting topic, Paul, and thank you for bringing it up. I remember years ago, I 
with with my online show, I did raise the question. I said, if you were given the option right now, and it's a one-time deal, meaning if you accept it, you accept it, and there's no turning back, and if you decline, his deal is not coming around again, to be given immortality, you will never die. You 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 are essentially indestructible. All right. Would you do it? Would you take it? My answer was no. I wouldn't. Because while it may be kind of fun for the short term, in the long term, I mean, our mind still is only finite. We're going to end up forgetting things. We're going to end up losing track of ourselves, of everything. The world around us is going to change. Everything we're ever familiar with or loved or cared is going to be gone, except for you. And some people would say, yeah, but maybe I'll be able to, maybe technology will advance to the point where I can get on a spaceship and explore the universe. Well, I mean, that's a possibility. What if, though, 50 years from now there's World War Three, and it's a nuclear war, and humanity is blown back to the Stone Age, or completely destroyed, you're the only one left. So you're you're going to be able to build a spaceship and uh, conquer the galaxy. And then what if, you know, going forward, it's all just empty space out there? What if you don't even have a spaceship? You're out there floating in the void. What about when a universe... This is going by the heat death theory. There's literally nothing in the entire universe anymore except for you for all eternity in the in the blackness I couldn't do it you know I I couldn't I would rather take death than to be all alone by myself immortal now as for life extension however I would say it depends if you could get this alleged treatment and let's say I mean obviously you said for a significant sum but let's assume that the money existed where you can pay for a treatment for yourself and uh, really foot the bill if there's other people uh, that you would like to live along with you oh yeah then I, I'd go for it I would uh, without an issue yeah Absolutely. Uh, but like I said, I think if it was just me, and that was it, I'll, I'll just take my my regular time, and uh, that'll be that. But I know a lot of people are fascinated in life extension, you know, and all of that. So, as for that, that is all circumstantial. But complete and total immortality, uh, just just for, for me, I would refuse. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do it. I think those ideas, it all comes down in regards to your answer, yes or no. It all comes down to the fact whether, you know, what what you have in life right now and what your feelings are toward it. I think that that makes a significant difference. You know, there's a thought experiment that I'll see floated around sometimes that says, if you had the ability to go back in time 10 years and you're just put in your body you know 10 years ago so all right 
but you still have all of the knowledge that you possess today. Would you do it or wouldn't you? So let's just assume that the uh, applicant is, say, graduated college, you know, in their mid, uh, mid-twenties, has all the knowledge that he or she possesses today, and now is, you know, in their body from when they were 15, 16 years old, still in high school, but they possess this level of knowledge and intellect from 10 years in the future, uh, would you do it? And it was an interesting thing. I think a lot of people said, it all depends on how your life is. If you don't feel like you have much going for you, uh, you hate your life, you're miserable every day, uh, the answer more likely than not would be absolutely yes. Because perhaps you would be able to, perhaps, as they say, right the wrongs that were made in the past. Though to what consequence, who's to say? Uh, maybe you knew some lottery numbers, who won the Super Bowl, you know, make some bets, make some money, cash out, and uh, be able to change your future. But let's say at the same time that at the present day, uh, you have a family, you have kids, you know, they uh, couldn't be more proud of of having some, you know, some kids. They're what, they're what keeps you going in life, and you want to dedicate your time to really just trying to, to care for them. Would you go back 10 years to when you never had any kids or met anyone and take your chances? The sheer likelihood that it would ever end up the same way is slim to absolute zero. It's food for thought. I think it all depends on our circumstances in life, and that will be very, very influential on the choices that are made in regards to uh, life extension, you know, immortality, going back in time, and all of the above. That's an absolutely fascinating, uh, fascinating question, though, and I could go on and on about time for great amount of time. <laughs> and actually, checking the uh, the list here, I thought I had four. It actually looks like we only had three to talk about today. That's perfectly fine, though. And uh, I guess that wraps up today's program. So again, thank you for tuning in to VLRW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Again, this is a weekly podcast that you can find every Thursday. Uh, programs are released digitally every single Thursday. Uh, there is no running time for this program, so sometimes you may get shows that are 30 minutes long, other times you may get a program that's one hour and 30 minutes long. But nonetheless, you can find this show once again each and every Thursday online via iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Google Play, and a variety of other platforms, and also on the shortwave frequencies of 7780 kHz and 5850 kHz. Like I said earlier in the program, our last call, should you have any feedback or topic suggestions for future programs, the address to do so, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. So with that being said, I hope you had a lovely day today, and I hope you have a wonderful week to come. And until then, I hope you can join us once again next Thursday at this same time, same frequency, 
same online stream. Until then, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. This is VORW.